Might need to fix the focus on Darren just a tad. Or maybe I need to fix my own focus. Mm. <laughs> Oof. There's that's a, really... There's a okay. preacher curve. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's the next part. If you point your finger at someone, there's four more pointing back at you. <laughs> yes, folks, remember Look at the, the stick in your own eye. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> or mud or something. I don't know. One cross plus something three nails try. equals four given. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's profound. That was actually... <laughs> 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 we need to have a whole podcast on... Um, wow. Oh, Christian yeah. cliches. Yes. Um, yes. The yeah. best, the best <laughs> Jesus jukes that you have. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining again on oh, yeah, the man. win meeting. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Josh, thank you for joining us first time. Darren, of course, thank you for coming back again. Oh, thanks. And You're I'm welcome. sure we'll be seeing. Lots of you guys more and more. Uh, just for uh, the audience's sake, as a reminder and introduction, maybe if you haven't uh, haven't met these guys yet, Darren uh, is our senior pastor here at Current Christian Church. Mm-hmm. Josh is our missions minister. That's right, at Current Christian Church. Why don't you tell all the people the just you know everything they've been waiting on bated breath to find out about you and your ministry here at Current. I'm flattered to think that people would be waiting on bated breath for anything I would have to tell them. <laughs> but uh, for those of you guys who don't know me, uh, my name is Josh uh, Sergi. Uh, I'm the missions minister here at Current. Uh, and I've been around for going on five years now. Yeah. It seems like awesome. crazy, right? That, yeah. like, that much time has yeah. passed. Um, I get to do lots of cool stuff here in Katy, in our region, and around mm. the world, including supporting uh, our missions partners uh, all over the place, yeah. um, uh, organizing and, and uh, doing mission trips, which is uh, you know one of my favorite parts of the job. We've got a couple of those cooking right now. So nice. All kinds of exciting things happen in my world. Um, mm. You probably don't get this as much, Darren, because your job is somewhat self-explanatory. Yep. What 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 is the like general reaction when somebody you meet and you tell them what your job is? Mm-hmm. What's that like? Because for me, it's always fun. Mm-hmm. It's usually something like, "So is that like uh, that's like your job? Mm-hmm. Like that's what you do?" Similar. <laughs> yeah. It's usually this, and they say, uh, "You get paid for that?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. It's literally, yeah. Those words come out and they look all confused. Like, huh, huh, how about that? That's and, a- you know what? Like, I, I have to back them up at least sometimes. You know, like, now, let me say this. Like, I'm glad I get paid for this. Thank you, Aaron and elders. I need to get paid for this. My family would agree. However, like, um, I, I often feel like I get to do this. Yeah, You know, yeah. and there are times so where true. I get to do things out in the mission field where I kind of ask myself the same question. Like, dang. I get paid to do this. Right. Like, yeah. This is so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, uh, so I, I hear where, you know, I feel where those reactions come from and identify what they say uh, or why they ask that. But, uh, but yeah, people are usually pretty shocked that, uh, that the job <laughs> even exists in the first place. Well, how did, and how did you like land in it? Because it's not a normal, you know, hmm. once again, w- what Darren and I do is kind of a, is a much clearer path, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people expect a church to have a lead pastor, mm-hmm. to have a music guy, whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Missions minister is a much smaller niche and maybe not as well known. Perhaps, so yeah. what's the what's the kind of the story there, that, how you landed? Like how did I fall into missions work in general? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, my uh, early 
church ministry was like outreach focused. I did like a lot of local outreach, worked uh, in the Las Vegas area, Mm -hmm. in like the recovery scene, did a lot of homeless outreach, veterans outreach, that kind of thing. How long were, and just for those, like you were at Central Church in Vegas for a little while. Yeah, that's right. Uh, How many years were you in Vegas? uh, in Vegas or working at Central? In Vegas, I was on and off in on the West Coast and in Las Vegas for about 15 or 16 years. Wow. So, yeah, left Texas for a while, but I got back as soon as I could, Texas. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I was at Central for about nine years uh, out there. And, and during that time, I did mostly local outreach and missions work. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Las Vegas being what it is and uh, the kind of, it's known as Sin City people. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ministry work to be done there. Yeah. But what a lot of people don't know is that the church world there is very strong. Yeah. You know, um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of strong outreach focused churches. Many of them have um, their hands in the recovery world mm-hmm. because, I mean, I personally believe it's needed everywhere, yeah, but yeah. probably especially there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, a, a lot of it began in the local outreach world, and Las Vegas, being what it is, is kind of its own mission field kind of by default mm-hmm. in a way. So um, got my feet wet there, yeah. um, interacting with lots of folks who desperately needed saving. And here was one really cool thing about that area is, like, a lot of the folks there – they knew it. Hmm. They knew how badly they needed yeah. saving, wow. and 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 I knew that myself at one hmm. time. Hmm. There was a moment. Like, man, and I, I am. Please save it. me. Yeah, please. Yeah. There's a savior. Where's he at? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, mm. I would say that it, it was a mission field that had a lot of its, uh, a lot of challenges, unique mm. challenges. It could be hard at times, but it was like a fertile mission field with seeds that were just ready to be watered and, and, and sprout. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's mm. awesome. Yep. And, uh, Darren, I'd love for you to just kind of jump in on current, um, in our perspective and kind of our stance with missions and how we value that and what that looks like for us. Cause yeah. it is a big deal. And once again, most churches, especially our size, we're not a huge church, yep. don't dedicate an entire staff position, yeah. much less, you know, what our budget looks like for missions and that kind of thing. So it is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, Jesus said, go and, you know, make disciples, right, of all nations. And so that isn't just, we're not just on the receiving end of that. You know, we right. got saved, so we're done. Right. Like, the the we, it is a co-mission. It's a mission that we partner with, with Jesus. And so his <laughs> church should be all about that. So... Uh, you know, from that perspective, it only makes sense that we dedicate money to that and we dedicate people to that. And we say, okay, you know, we want to be a church that that shows up out there. We want to be a a church that that really um, takes the gospel, you know, Mm. to the ends of the earth. And so how do we do that? And what we have chosen to do is to hone in on uh, a small group of mission partners that we work with, that we feel like, you know, that investment in, in that ministry is really paying off in the kingdom. Yeah. And 12.5% of our budget goes to missions work here nationally and around the world. And so we want to put our, our, our people resources and our money resources where our mouth is and where the scripture is. Yeah. And so that's that's the whole deal. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, I mean, going back to Josh with that, and how cool is it to be part of, you know, a, a place that uh, prioritizes it like mm. that? Uh, it's it's beyond cool man you know, <laughs> like i feel so blessed to be a part of a church 
that responds to the Great Commission yeah. like we do, prioritizes it, is willing to leverage the resources that we leverage to make all those things a reality. Yep. And and one of the things that I love most is the gospel-centered approach that we have to things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I say this a lot in missions work. Uh, the gospel has to come first. Evangelism mm. has to come first. I believe that, you know, uh, the key component to beginning the salvation process to be saved is to hear the gospel. Right. Like if we don't hear yeah. the gospel, we don't yeah. know who Jesus is. Who are we accepting? We're, right. Yeah. Like, Oh, I accept Jesus into my life. Do you know who he is? Do you know what the gospel is? So, uh, yeah, for yeah. us to be <laughs> on the tip of the spear when it comes to that and keeping the main thing, the main thing is what I feel like we get most right. Yeah. Um, and, and I say this a lot, uh, there's a million organizations out there that are philanthropic and humanitarian. I think those things are great. Yeah. And like they they are a part of the Christian call who we should be. Sure. Um, but, uh, all million of those organizations dig wells in Africa yeah. and, and do dentistry work, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the Amazon rainforest. Right. And I'm glad they do that, but almost none of them proclaim the gospel. Mm. Uh, and, and, that I think should be the main thing all the time with what we do, and it is. Well, so that's mm. an interesting. So I mean, we talked about action last week in this action transformation celebration thing. We talked about the, you know, the overall concept. And today we're going to be talking about transformation, and it is an interesting uh, thing you just kind of led into there. I'd love for both you guys to talk about this because, oftentimes I think, could be wrong, but I think the church Christians we confuse missions much more with just purely action, like mm-hmm. a mission trip. We think mm-hmm. of a mission trip as going and building something, yep. right? Yeah, we definitely. go as as a going and mm-hmm. uh, whatever, like you said, fixing stuff or what that kind of. Thing. That's that's the like inherent mm. perspective we have of what a missions or a trip or you know, agenda or whatever looks like. But what you guys both said is such a big deal, and that's why we want to talk about this this concept today. Why transformation. Um, is so important because that's that is really what missions is about. Is it, it is about going yeah, and doing. You, know, you have to go in order for that. You know, right. for those things to take place, right? And those are all good things that happen. But without transformation, it's 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 a little meaningless, right? It's it's a it's a goodwill mm-hmm. tour. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But without the transformation of the gospel, you know, where are we? So what yeah, are we so, doing? Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that's yeah. I'd love to have you mm-hmm. guys talk about that a little bit, like the <laughs> why transformation. Is such a big deal to mm. us here at Current. Mm. Do you want to go first on that oh, one? Well, I just had a quick thought that, that popped into my head, which is, you know, I think the things that you're talking about, the the building things and fixing yeah. things and digging the wells and all those things, handing out food, whatever that is, those are those are vehicles yeah. for the gospel. And we do all that. Yeah. It's not like that doesn't right. happen. Yeah. You have to but you have to be very intentional about that. Yeah. You know, you have to be intentional to include the gospel in all those other things. You know, the scripture says, what is it if we say, you know, uh, be warm and well fed, you know, mm-hmm. go on your way. Well, we have yeah. we have to meet those physical needs of people yeah. if we care about them and we love them. Yep. But then it's the call of the gospel is, okay, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to help feed you or I'm going to help fix your house or I'm going to help whatever make sure your kids are, you know, uh, medically taken care of or whatever. But the next step and the most important thing is the gospel is the transformation on the inside, yeah. the spiritual transformation in somebody's life. You know, and we see that in Jesus all the time. He took care of people's physical needs and the physical issues, but his priority was the spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't neglect either, and he, he kind of packaged them both together mm-hmm. often, yeah. you know. 
He did. They they seem to be kind of uh, two hands yeah. uh, to the to the same body. Yeah. Um, and and I absolutely agree that there is the uh, the fact that material needs need to be met. The yeah. Bible's pretty clear that right. uh, that we should yeah. help in those things. That pure charity is biblical. Yeah. Um, and and we have room in our missions approach to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> there are some things that we do that just meet a need. Yeah. And there isn't a bunch of proselytizing or preaching that goes along with it. And I view those things as kind of just pure mercy items, you know? Hmm. Here you go. Hmm. We'll we'll help meet this need in a way that just solves a problem for yeah. you. Yeah. Please go forth and sin no more, like <laughs> Jesus with the woman at the well. Yeah. Um and uh he, he he didn't preach to her a whole lot more than that. Hmm. Um, and there's some things we do that just help some people out, and we may not really preach to them at all. Yeah, and we right. hope that we're really, at the end of the day, demonstrating God's mercy to yeah. people. Yeah. Um, I can look uh, at my own Christian walk, even in my heathen years pre-Jesus, that like I believe God demonstrated some mercies to me when I didn't deserve them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and really that's what grace is at the end of the day, right? Like undeserved favor. Right. Yes. Our, our salvation is pure mercy. Uh, <laughs> Jesus' uh, ministry on earth, his death, burial, and resurrection is pure mercy. Yeah. Uh, we did nothing to deserve that. Yeah. Uh, and just like many of the recipients of the aid that we hand out in the community, they didn't do anything to deserve that either, but we demonstrate that same mercy that yeah. Christ showed to us. Um, <clears throat> now, while... We do have provision in that missions approach for that pure mercy and grace. The vast majority of it, um, we are pretty intentional about bringing the gospel or supporting people who do. Sure. Yeah. And and I think that's like a fundamental point that I try to get across to um, our mission trip participants. And anytime I get a chance to discuss missions with people from the church, um, which is pretty often, yeah. um, is that while we may... Uh, for instance, we're going to be going to South Dakota in just a couple months. We're right. uh, headlong into the preparation team preparation process mm -hmm. for that. And one of the things I'm uh, trying to do my best to explain to folks that are uh, part of that team, thank you, Diamond Willow team, for jumping in. <laughs> um, <clears throat> a quick shout out to the to the guys and gals of that team. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, what I'm, what I'm getting at is that yes, we're gonna go there and this year we're gonna uh, help pour some concrete, we're gonna uh, install some air conditioning units, we're gonna do some landscaping projects, uh, we're gonna do some work on, uh, on some new construction that they have going on out there for this youth center. Um, yes, we're gonna go build some things and fix some things and do the things, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but all of that is in support of our partners at Diamond Willow right. who preach the gospel yeah. there. Yeah. So what we're doing is help facilitate mm -hmm. the word being preached and help that transformation take place in people in that community and that transformation of that undeserved favor mm -hmm. uh, take place in their community at large. Yeah. So we may just be building a thing or fixing a thing, but we're, we're facilitating the gospel yeah. uh, well, manifest. In that <clears throat> example, it's like your, your team is going to go and do some of those things and it frees the missionary up on site who has credibility with the community right. to do the gospel That's stuff. That's right. So he's not spending his time and every day fixing roofs and putting AC units in. <laughs> he can do the work of the gospel. And that, so our team comes alongside and takes care of some of the stuff to support that, like you're saying. I That's love right. That. Yeah. That's right. And I think there's also tremendous value, and I think this could be easily overlooked, 
uh, sometimes uh, trip participants think like, oh, well, you know, we went there and we didn't do all that much. And, you know, we could have just paid a team to go up there and mm. do a better job. And they probably could have got done quicker. <laughs> and yeah, there might be right, actually. Right. right. Like if it was just a matter of pouring the concrete. Certainly if I'm on the team. Right. That, would that would be so true. Um, I, I, I think that, that, yes, there are probably more efficient ways to get the job done. Sure. And maybe a team of pros would come out and maybe even have a better result in the end. But I think what we also show is that we are a church that shows up to stuff. Yeah. If we show up, we're there. The people from the community see, like, wow, these people came from Texas to South Dakota mm -hmm. here in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Why would they do that? Hey, dude, what the heck are you doing all the way out here? <laughs> Why did you come here? Yeah. You just you felt like God told you to come here, and you left your family and your job, and, 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 and you did this? Well, that doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> right. It doesn't. Like, why would somebody do that? Like, yeah. it, mm -hmm. there's there's a million reasons not to. There's a million mm -hmm. reasons why that doesn't add up to your household budget. There's yeah. a million reasons that doesn't add up yeah. to your vacation schedule. Yeah. But that's God showing up yeah. in mm -hmm. all of that. There mm -hmm. is a supernatural reason why people do these things. Yeah. And right. and we, I, I think that we demonstrate that. Well, and most that is of the, time. the yeah, right, right, <laughs> and that. Getting back to kind of the uh, <clears throat> the the whole crux of this podcast, the win meeting, that's the win, and that's what kind of what we're talking about. Yes, there's transformation that happens, but the win is not that the house got built. Really, that is a great thing. That's not really the win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The win is that the gospel goes forth and His kingdom gets built. That's, right. that's the real win, that's and that transformation really happens. Mm. I'd love for you, uh, Josh, to talk a little bit about um, the other side of that, though. The people who go on these trips. Because there's, I, I really mm. believe there's a transformation oh, yeah. that happens. And you talk to the people that come back from these things. Never are they the same when they, when they when they come back. Mm. And so that other side of that, yes. So there's that win, the transformation, mm -hmm. the power of the gospel, that what that does in people's lives. But what it does in somebody's life when they are part of that and sharing that and building that, like what does that look like? And and maybe some stories or something like that that, that you've seen mm. in in, the, in your years. Yeah, I would say that it nearly always is a transformative process yeah. for someone mm -hmm. to go on one of these trips. And I think that what multiplies that transformation <clears throat> or makes it more intense is when uh, the participant submits. Mm. They submit. I mean, just the fact that they're going on the trip and taking time away from their job and their family. Right, and that's all a big thing. Right, that's right? commitment, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, like, yeah, there's some submission there. Like, we have mm -hmm. to tip our hat to them uh, immediately mm -hmm. just for jumping on the team. Yeah. Um, and what maybe somebody who's never participated in a mission trip, uh, here at Current at least, um, it's not just going on the trip. It's not like we sign up and then show up at the airport together and introduce ourselves and go do the thing together. Um, there's right. a lot of team building that takes place beforehand. Mm. Um, we try not to uh, have death by meeting through it all, <laughs> uh, but there is a certain amount of that that does need to take Of course, place. yeah, otherwise it's a disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it can be. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of bonding and a lot of team gelling and building, mm. and I believe like togetherness yeah. that, that takes place before we even leave hmm. and i think that like that that binding of togetherness 
is what separates an actual team from a bunch of people who are standing in a circle together, right? You know, mm -hmm. like we have, we're united under the gospel, we're united under a common purpose, and we're united in our goal before we even leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And along with that comes with a lot of the things that we've discussed today, learning about who these partners are, what they do, mm -hmm. what our role is, what is the biblical foundations behind what that partner does and how we relate to that partner yeah. and how we can have such a big impact. And I think as people begin to kind of soak in some of that mm -hmm. information and some of those uh, biblical truths, there is a bit of an awakening as yeah. to like how much of an impact they can have. Even if you go on a storm trip or Diamond Willow and, and you just go nail a tarp to a roof after a storm or cut down a tree, you're being used and as an instrument of God out there in the field, demonstrating all of those things that we talked about, the yeah. transformative power of the gospel. Mm, yeah. And I think um, one of the things that I see that participants do that multiplies that transformation is when they remove their at-home hat completely mm. and put on the mission trip hat. Mm. I think that there's something very powerful in the short-term mission trip where you step outside yourself for yeah. a little while. You step yeah. outside your role in the home. You step outside your role in the family. You step outside your role even in your church on Sunday. Yeah. And you kind of become this new creation in Christ mm. for that week or so while you're there. And I think there's something about removing that and stepping into this new role, new identity, as subtle as it may be. I mean, of, of course, we still contact our spouses and our kids while we're away. Sure. Some yeah, of us yeah. have work obligations. You got to take a call or whatever. I'm not saying that we're mm. isolating ourselves completely. <laughs> but there is a certain measure of that I, that I believe God works in. Like he clears mm. the fog from our vision in some ways. And we become open to experiencing God's uh, amazing power in ways that maybe we never have before. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know what I love about that is I think that's really, isn't that kind of a snapshot of what it means to be transformed by Jesus anyway? To Amen. step outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. You step outside of yourself. You die to self. Um, you set aside all those my will, my plans, my agenda, my dreams, my this, my that. And you live in the transformation that Jesus brings you. And so stepping outside ourselves is really part of transformation. So to see it in, in real time, you know, on a mission trip mm -hmm. is a really cool example of that. Yep. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, I think as participants go on these trips and they meet the people, that's something that often mm. cements the mission experience. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it, it's indisputable. Jesus was a people person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that it's easy for us to be around current and hear the missions guy talk to you in the lobby about yeah. missions work. And that's cool and all. And maybe you see a video during service or you look at our missions artifact wall. And those things are good to familiarize one's, oneself with yeah. the missions work yeah. that we do. But it almost is this thing that happens out there mm. with some people that I'll never meet. <clears throat> but when you go and you meet a guy named Bob... <laughs> right? Like all of a sudden it becomes real. When you yeah. go and meet a lady named Kathy who just had the roof ripped off of her house and you get to meet her and hear her story and see the gratitude pour out of her. And she mm. asks you questions about Jesus and you get to pray with her. Like all of a sudden missions work becomes so much more mm. weighty and so much more real. Yeah. It's, mm. you know, it's interesting you kind of go there because uh, I want to talk a little bit more about 
uh, shift a little bit more toward the church and what transformation means at current and all that kind of stuff and in the you know the big church but uh, what you were just saying there it really all these things we talk about action transformation celebration it comes back to relationships to people mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. really connecting with people and we talk about how we've said a lot lately of how current is different now how it just feels different and I think that's a big part of it mm-hmm. the way that most of what we approach now is less about getting stuff done or putting on an event or doing stuff and way more about truly connecting with people. Well, it's mm. a, at least it's been a shift in, in mm. my mind. And I'm mm. curious, love to hear what you guys think about that and what, you know, in your perspective ministry uh, stances, like what that has looked like and shifted. Mm. But that's when I, when I look at like our worship services, when I look at our student services, our kids and, you know, our communion time and even just like summer circles and some of the other things mm. we've talked about that we do now, those are great things that we do but the connectivity and the relationships mm. is different. And there's mm. been a transformation there. And mm. uh, Darren, I'd love to hear kind of your perspective on that. Well, it's kind of like we were talking about with the, the doing of mission work. Yeah. You know, that's the vehicle for the gospel. The doing of the things that we do at church, like summer circles or the different programs or event or whatever, that's the context that relationships are built in and transformation takes place in. And one, one of my favorite things about ministry is – you get to see, um, you get to see that transformation up close, mm-hmm. and I, I I distinctly remember, and this has happened many times, you know, in in my ministry. But I remember several years ago, it was a I think a Christmas service, and we had communion at stations, and so people were getting up and they were participating in communion, and I was standing in the back of the room and I was watching this take place. Yeah, and as a pastor, you 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 are privileged to know some details about people's lives because they come to you for prayer. Right. They come to you for help. Right. They come to you for some guidance from God's word. And so you, you get the privilege of knowing some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So standing back there and watching these people and thinking, oh, man, that's a marriage yeah. that was mm-hmm. almost over. Mm. And here they are together. <clears throat> and that's a person that was fighting addiction, and they're here. And yep. that's a person who had this struggle, and here they are worshiping. And to see that transformation, like that is what it's all about. And that is not just for people in, you know, vocational ministry. Like that's for every Christian. We're supposed to be getting into people's lives enough to, to know those things about them, to share those burdens with them, to pray with them and encourage them and help them. And to share our burdens and struggles yep. as well. And so we get to see the transformation in each other. But if part of that is if you don't ever open up and you don't ever open yourself to be part of somebody's life, if you don't ever reach out to serve or help, if you don't ever say, can I pray with you about yeah. that? Or if you don't ever say, I'm struggling with this, could somebody help me? Yeah. You don't get to see as much of that. Right. Yeah, I, you know, it's it kind of go back to what you were just talking about with the, like the mission trips, Josh. That that same process though of of submission, mm-hmm. of humility, mm. the stance of humbling yourself to yeah. know that God wants better for you than what you can have for mm. yourself. That is where the real transformation can happen. You know, and it's interesting what you were just saying because that happens to me often. Um, when we're singing, yeah, I will be looking out and make <laughs> eye contact with people. And I, I mean, it's no secret I cry all the time on stage. <laughs> if you've seen any of our services, it happens like every single week. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but just a little, like pulling back the veil a little bit, almost never is that because of what's happening in my life yeah. or my thing. Right. It's because I know yeah. so-and-so, yes. and I see that hand raised in the midst of what they're dealing with, exactly. and I know that. And the and the power of that, what it's different. Yeah. You know, and seeing people worshiping through those things and once again being submissive, hands raised to God, worshiping in the midst of storms, all those things is such a it is a transformative experience. Yeah. You feel the power of the spirit in, in those things. So do you do you ever think, Oh, I can't look at them anymore? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna lose it. For sure, <laughs> yeah. because I gotta at least get through the song. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully we have a very singing church and they yes. pick me up yes. all the time. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I'll yeah. like glance and be like, Okay, we yep. gotta sing to this side for a little bit because Yep. That's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh, I would love for you to talk maybe a little bit about your own uh, kind of personal story because mm. I think, you, I mean, you don't have to go crazy detail, but um, I think it's really important that we talk a little bit about, uh, in today's society, let me rewind a little bit. In today's society, there I think there's a strong concept that you can be good enough on your own. Mm-hmm. I think there's a really yeah. strong, like, yeah, yeah g- great. You guys are talking about lots of good stuff. I can do that. I don't need Jesus <clears throat> for that to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think your story and experiences, I'd love for you to talk to the difference between, because you're passionate about um, uh, a, a lot of things and, um, and how your life has transformed over the years, but the difference of Jesus in your life and why maybe you couldn't just do that just yeah. on your own. Yeah. Um, uh, there lots of cool threads are coming out of this conversation. Yeah. Like this, mm. this thread of like submission keeps yeah. coming up, yeah. and we like we didn't plan this, folks. So <laughs> this kind of came out. Yeah, <clears throat> and I th- I think there's there's a lot to that, right? Mm. Um, and I think it's interesting that you bring up like um, the tug of war between our modern society that yeah. we have now, right? Like it tells us that you can be good enough yeah. on your own, mm. and I don't know what does that mean. Like maybe you can be. Right, like maybe you can right. be good enough on your own to be a moral, respected person in right. your community right. and not go to jail. Be successful. Uh, you can pay yeah. your taxes. People will like you. You can yeah, be I mean, elected mm-hmm. yep. to the PTA. Absolutely. And like you have a nice car, and and your neighbors mm-hmm. will think you're a great lady or whatever. All American, successful, yeah. in all the ways. Fact is, you you can. Like yeah. I know lots of atheists who are really nice people. Right. Yeah. Like, and people of other religions. And give to charity and do good they, things. Yes. And, yep. Yes. Yep. Like you don't need to be a believer to be moral. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's clear. But like the sad part is none of those things save you. They don't. Right. They no. don't. Yep. Um, yep. And I think uh, the other push and pull we have from modern society is that aspect of of submission. Right. Like the Bible tells us that uh, whoever loses his life will find it yeah but uh, whoever keeps his life will surely lose it and it's kind of uh to go ultra uh christian cliche like <laughs> jesus take the wheel right? <laughs> like i remember hearing that before i was a christian i'm like jesus take the wheel well that's just downright irresponsible like, who would do that <laughs> please hold on to, if you're listening to this in your car yeah. please keep your hands on the wheel <laughs> Hold the wheel at all times. Pray with your eyes open. Yeah, but Jesus. It, ten Jesus. and two, people. That's, yeah. <laughs> Jesus ain't going to pay my light bill. Like, yeah, that right. thing's going to get cut off. I right. wait on him to make the automated payment or make the <laughs> online payment. <clears throat> so I think we have this, especially Americans, yeah. Right? Yeah, right? Like, I think uh, Westerners, especially North American people, 
like it's built into who we are, mm-hmm. right? Like pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the and maybe even more so in Texas. Oh, yeah, right. right. Yeah. Like that's yeah. just it's a culture thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, then there's just the statistical truth that there's more bootstraps here in Texas <laughs> for us to pick right. ourselves just about up by pure numbers. Right. Yeah, that's, right. right. Boots and Texans, straps and yeah, uh, wouldn't have it any other way, y'all. <laughs> that's right. right. And so, we can pull ourselves up higher statistically. <laughs> taller this people. Is truth. This is true. Uh, <laughs> So there is this mentality of picking ourselves up by our bootstraps of uh, the other one I really love is um, I got myself into this mess. I can get myself yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that those things bleed into like the fabric of our mentality, our worldview, how we view ourselves and how we view others and how we view our role in our mm. own um, life journey, yeah. right? And and I think that like there is some room in there, like that is good to have a um, assertive view of your role in the world and yeah. your ability to influence your own path and environment. Yes, like we have to choose Jesus at the end of the day, folks, right? Right. Well, let me and before you get too far, like so going back a little bit to what you talked about earlier with. Uh, you mentioning like you knew you needed to be safe. Oh yeah, yep. So like you were in Vegas, mm-hmm. you were a chef at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So I was. like, as a po- and I'm sure it wasn't like the first time you tried to fix yourself, like of, of trying to get better or whatever. Not. So like, mm-hmm. what what was the breaking point? Where did that yeah. that whole thing land for you? So you know, I I came to Jesus in my early 30s. Okay. You know, so it's been about 15 year journey for me. Um, and I grew up in a kind of Catholic environment okay. um, with no real foundation in Jesus. Um, we were kind of uh, Catholic uh, CEOs, you know, yeah. Christmas and right. Easter only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Priesters, as Darren loves Priesters. to, yeah. very lovingly calls <laughs> yeah, our Christmas always. and Easter yeah. people. Yeah. We'd um, love if you come more, though. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, yeah. it wasn't even Christmas and Easter most of the time. Maybe if, like, a very close family member got married. Christmas or Easter. Yeah, Christmas <laughs> or Easter or weddings. Maybe, right, sure. Maybe, weddings, right? Yeah. Remember a few weddings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I, I didn't have this, like, real serious foundation, so I launched out into my working young adult life just looking for a good time. Um, and yes, I worked in the food and beverage industry for a long time, not just here in Houston, but kind of in several different places on the West yeah. Coast, most of the time in Las Vegas. And uh, being a young 20-something-year-old guy in Las Vegas, um, yeah, uh, I found a good time, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and that good time soaked into me a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I was successful in yeah. my career. You know, yeah. I, I had good jobs. I made a decent amount of money. I was reasonably um, stable in, yeah. in my career path. I was doing pretty good. And that was enough for me to kind of what we talked about earlier. Mm. Like, I was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was good. So what if I got drunk all the time and drove afterwards? So what if I smoked a little of this or a little of that on the side? So what if I ag- uh, eventually progressed into doing other drugs? Like, I got a good job. My yeah. lawn's mowed. Yeah. Well, there my rocks were weeded. There's no lawns. In <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the HOA was happy. Is your yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. We had we had other problems. Yeah. Uh, but on the outside, looking in from a surface level, I I, I was doing okay. Yeah. But beneath the surface, it was a horrible mess, man. Mm. Horrible mess. I had no spiritual grounding. Mm. Um. My my drug and alcohol tobacco consumption was out of control, and I was able to keep that above board for a long time 
And yeah. I think that's one of the most dangerous things about that type of stuff, like any sin for that matter, yeah. mm -hmm. um, is that like it can be manageable yeah. for a time. Mm -hmm. um, right, you can, you can keep a hold of it yep. where it doesn't get out of control, you think, anyway. Yep. Somewhere yep. along the line, of you managing it, it starts to manage you, Oof, and it's, in a big you can't way. you can't see that line cross. That's yet. right. That's yeah. right. Um, and and t for for me, it was I found myself in a position where I was fully submitted to the power of that in yeah. my life, mm. um, and and I didn't like that feeling, and it started to cause problems in my life, in my marriage, uh, in my in my job, and believe it or not, like that to me was like the big breaking point. Mm. Like, ah, my marriage is messed up, but we're always a mess. It's fine. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. But when I started to have problems at work, was like, whoa, this is not normal. Mm. And this messes with my identity, right? Yeah. So Touched a different nerve. Yeah, yeah. touched a different nerve. So once, once I wasn't able to keep it all hidden anymore, yeah. and I wasn't able to maintain the identity that I rested so heavily in, is when I had uh, the huge wake-up call. Yeah. Um, and, and I got to a point, yes, where I did try to fix it myself, where I did say, you know what, today's the first day of the rest of my life. I'll pick myself <laughs> up by my bootstraps. I got myself into this mess. I'm going to have to get myself out. Just not going to do it anymore yeah. or only on the weekends or only this type or this mm. time or this amount, whatever the thing was. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, seriously, that lasted like a few hours. And then I ruined it. Like, I remember there yeah. was a time period where, like, I'm serious. Every single night before I went to bed, I'm like, okay, this is it. Not Today's the day, tomorrow. right? Yeah, no. Nope. Yeah. All right, I'm cured. This is fine. Everything's gonna be great tomorrow. And mm. since I'm quitting tomorrow, I might as well finish <laughs> yeah. everything that's in the house. Right. And then the next yep. day, I wake up like, all right, let's go again. Yep. Right. Um, yeah. So. Uh, and and I did try a few different ways of you know some um, resources that yeah. are out there, secular resources, and mm -hmm. they would help. There's nothing wrong with sure. a lot of those things. Um, they would help for a time, but ultimately I would go back to to my sin. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. and I did reach a point where my life had become so unmanageable that I did finally surrender, where mm. I came to a place where I knew I couldn't fix this. My yeah. bootstraps weren't long enough or I wasn't strong enough. I tried to do everything I possibly could to, to get myself out of that mess, mm. and it became painfully obvious that it was impossible. Yeah. It was never going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and I knew at my core, I didn't know what direction I wanted to go in, but I knew that I was deeply spiritually sick. Mm. I knew that there was no video I could watch or mm. book I could read on the science of these things or uh, some uh, philosophy of these matters or some new age thing where I drink wheatgrass five times a day right. to cure this thing. Yeah. I knew that I had a spiritual malady deep mm. within me, mm. and I didn't know which direction I wanted to go in. I actually had a time where I was researching all these different religions, yeah. and uh, I, I wanted to go in some direction. But you knew that was the hole. That, that oh, was, yeah. Was trying yeah. To fill, yeah. It became, it became uh, <clears throat> painfully obvious. It took yeah. me a while to get there. Yeah. You know, I had to yeah. fall on my face and fail in a lot hmm. of different ways before I said, all right, I've tried everything but this. Yeah. Um, and I remember walking in uh, to, to a, a church for the first time. Uh, you know, I, I fondly remember um, uh, my wife, Deborah, um, kind of laying down an ultimatum. Like, all right, if mm. we're going to do this, we got to do church. She grew up in a yeah. Christian home, mm. and she had kind of fallen away from faith for a long time. Um, 
and if we're gonna do this, we gotta do church and you do I, the whole way. Yep, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And I remember like Googling. This is kind of the early days of Google, I guess. Um, <laughs> right, maybe yeah. it was uh, uh, Yahooing. Right, you were you, yeah, yeah Yahoo search, yeah. navigatoring, <laughs> uh, uh, AOLing, uh, whatever it was. Yeah. Anyways, you put it in the search bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I remember uh, at the time, like. Okay, I want a, a church that's big, so I don't really have to talk to anybody. <laughs> I don't want to have yeah. to shake hands. All the stuff we're talking about that's great about our church, you yeah. would have hated it all yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't want to fellowship with anybody. That sounds weird. Right. I don't yeah. know what fellowshipping yeah. is, but I don't want to be part of that. I don't yeah. want to serve anybody. <laughs> I don't want to shake hands with some weird pastor wearing a suit. Right, like, right. You know, it, like, I just want to go in there and sit in the back and be left alone and feel this thing out. And and mm. the big church actually did provide that, yeah. which yeah. I think was, like, really good for me at that mm-hmm. time. Well, you not need, what yeah. I needed, but it was a great first But step. you needed an entry point. Yeah, you exactly. You needed a, an on-ramp into yep, that. Yeah, that last back row was my on-ramp yeah. to mm-hmm. sitting in the front row with my hands yep. up, singing along to Jeremiah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, not really. I was not there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you it wasn't not. me. You were not. Uh, but... <laughs> Um, I, I remember walking in there and thinking, like, man, I have no place here. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get struck by lightning mm. for bringing my my heathen <laughs> sinner self into this place. Yeah. All these uppity church people are going to judge mm-hmm. me. And really, I was waiting. Mm-hmm. Like, let one person look at me mm. wrong. Let one person around here say something to me. And, and this will be all the ammunition I need to convince my wife yeah. that we should never come back to yeah. this wow. one place. Yeah. Uh, and, mm. and none of that happened, actually. Mm. Uh, and, you know, funny story. Uh, there's a, a guy out there who in recent years has gained some online notoriety uh, in, like, uh, crime and Christian circles. Michael Francis. He's like this uh, mm. uh, reformed mob boss. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's, he was like mob boss come pastor now, I think, or wow. at least like speaker, a transformation, transformation <laughs> uh, Christian speaker about yeah. you know his testimony. And uh, I remember going to the auditorium like, oh, what what kind of judgy message is this going to mm. be about, right? And they're like, hey, uh, our pastor isn't even going to speak today. We've got a guest speaker. He's a former mob boss. And uh, uh, You thought you were something. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. all right. Uh, okay, maybe this is the place for me. You know? yeah. God saw you coming a mile away, uh-huh. man. He, he really had, he had it set up for you, brother. He had it set up for me. Mm. And, uh, and <laughs> you know, it's funny. I just recently uh, found a, a video of him giving the more updated testimony. Yeah. And he's still got quite a story. He's a... a, a quite an, uh, an amazing transformation himself. Yeah. So it was in that moment that I realized that church was something I could pursue. Yeah. It was a place that I did belong, and it was a place mm. that it was something that I could engage with, and I knew immediately that there was truth there, you know, like a deep truth that I couldn't find anywhere else. I could see Jesus moving through his testimony. I could see Jesus moving mm-hmm. among the people there. Yeah. And it gave me this feeling that I was headed in the right direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I, I kind of used this um, example earlier. Like, I went there with a wall up, but behind that wall was somebody who was desperate to submit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I went there, yes. Mm with a mean face or whatever you want to say, but beneath that, please save me. Mm -hmm. I I know I can't do this. I know my way doesn't work, 
my life is evidence of that. Mm, yeah. uh, but tell me what to do and I'll do it. And yeah. and really, that's what I did. Yeah. I, I remember like getting started, like, all right, go to what group? There's a men's thing. I went there. And I'm like, all right, dudes, what do I do? And they're like, well, read the Bible. Like, okay, I read the Bible. Yeah. Like, you should start praying. And I prayed. And a lot of those things didn't make sense to me. But I did them anyways. Yep. And they worked. Yep. And it's a lot of times that's the, you know, just, that's the beginning of submission, Mm -hmm. right? Is just, just taking the first step. And the other part about transformation that I would love for us to talk a little bit about today is, is just the, so like, yeah, of course there's this moment of big transformation, Mm -hmm. but it is not this just momentary, boom, entire life's fixed. I've never had any trouble with sin ever again. Mm -hmm. Nobody, I've never Mm -hmm. been tempted. I'm a whole different person Mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. It is this lifelong process of, yeah. of being transformed. And Darren, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about maybe maybe what that looks like. If somebody's listening, I mean, we've had, we um, just recently we had one of the guys who works in one of your ministries just get baptized. We had this same thought of like, man, if I get baptized, then I can never sin again. Otherwise, I have to keep getting, ba- you know, yeah. this idea. And so, uh, so uh, also, thank you, Josh, for sharing that because I yeah. think it's so Man, it's such a such a thing that people think that church is this p- perfect place for perfect mm, people, yeah. and it is one hundred percent the opposite. Mm-hmm. It is a hospital for the broken. It is a mm-hmm. sanctuary, and and God's uh, it's and your story is such an awesome picture of God's long uh, standing pursuit of us. And how he didn't give up on you, and he didn't just all right. Well, he wants to go try Buddhism. Fine, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Done chasing him. Mm-hmm. He wants to, you know. Mm-hmm. No, it's like, and, and it's like you said, he saw you coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. And I think if you and you talk to most Christians, we all have a, a story kind of mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. where in spite of us is mm-hmm. is where God found us, not because of us. The exact opposite. But yeah. um, so that said, Darren, talking a little bit about. Yeah. Yes, the momentary transformation of salvation, but also the you know kind of the yeah. sanctification that happens. Yeah, I, it's a I, big church word. I just said sanctification, but a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think I think what you said was was very accurate. I think a lot of times people think that uh, okay, if if God's going to change me, it's going to be a lot like just flipping on a light switch. Like right. you know, it's going to be instant, instantaneous, and like okay, if I do this. Then all my problems are going to be fixed, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna, I'm not going to have these desires anymore. I'm not going to struggle with this sin anymore. I'm not going to deal, have to deal with this habit anymore. And and perhaps you know there are a few scenarios where people would, uh, somebody would say, "Hey, I gave my life to Jesus, and I never wanted another drink." Right. Or I gave my life to Jesus, and I never saw drugs again. Like you know, and and that's great, and that's good. I think the majority of the time, however. We, when we give our lives to Jesus, there's that instant transformation when our spiritual reality and our spiritual destiny is eternal destiny is changed. Yeah. But there's still work to be done in us, and the Holy yeah. Spirit is in us because there's work to be done there. And I would give just one case in point, named the Apostle Paul. Yeah, right. And yeah. you know, so he comes to Jesus. He was persecuting the church. He was throwing Christians in prison, roughing them up. You know, heaven knows what else. And he encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus, and he is changed. He is transformed. He meets Jesus, and he yeah. is a different person. He's blind for three days. He gets up and he's baptized, and then he's like, God's got a hold of him. But m- many years after that, he's writing, you know, his letter to the church at at Rome, and he's saying things like, 
the things I want to do, I don't do. All the good things I want to do, I, I can't seem to get around to it. And all the bad stuff I want to quit, I keep doing those things. And he says, I am a wretched person. Yeah. Like, who's going to save me from this? And then he says, praise be to God, the answer is through yeah. Jesus Christ. That so, might be like the most relatable verse in Scripture. Oh, man. You know, the, yes. The, I, we, yes. We've all and right. do struggle that yeah. way. Like. Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah, and it's it's a, what's funny is it's a tongue twister. Like if you read that in, in right. Romans seven, the things I want to do I don't do. The things I do I want to do. You know, you're like whoa, whoa. Yeah, okay. If you really want to challenge yourself, here? KJV. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but man, if you can dig into that, everybody can go. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah. And but that's what the transforming power and work of Jesus does in our lives. Yep. It, and it meets us in the middle of these little everyday decisions. Hmm. Where we have to choose, okay, am I going to do this my way or God's way? Am I going to kind of go back to my old way, my old pattern, or am I going to work with God's Spirit in me, try to keep in step with where the Spirit wants me to go here, and and make the right call? Mm-hmm. And it's in those little decisions that we all think are insignificant. It's in those little decisions that we are transformed and changed. Yeah. yeah. Man, what a... What a great picture, mm-hmm. and that's it, and that should be exciting to us. the The part to embrace about transformation that's difficult is the is the growing pain, the stretching, the humiliation yeah. yes. that we must put ourselves through in a lot of ways. It's the vulnerability, it's yep. the admitting uh, that we Swallow cannot yep, do this mm-hmm. on our own. Yep. In fact, the more we try to do it on our own, the more we're going to screw it up. Mm-hmm. It's it's accepting that and allowing and giving it away and allowing God to do His work. That's when the most incredible transformation happens. And will continue to. And that's that. And when we talk about this, it's not really a cycle or necessarily a formula, but that's why we say action, transformation, celebration. We take steps in faith. We let God change us. And then we get excited about it, and we take the next step of faith. And God changes us more. Mm -hmm. And we look more and more like Jesus. And, and, And that's, as Christians who are supposed to be little Christs, pictures of Jesus everywhere we go, and so somebody could say, that's different. I don't know <laughs> what all they're into or about, but I want to know because they're different. Mm-hmm. They have a different kind of joy. They have a different kind of peace. And you mentioned it, the stuff that doesn't make sense. Uh, that's mm-hmm. who we get transformed into, this new mm-hmm. creature that doesn't look like the rest of the world. doesn't mean we don't love the world. That doesn't mean we're mm-hmm. perfect. Mm-hmm. But uh, that God's doing a work in us, and hopefully that is evident. Hopefully that does you know, shine, mm-hmm. shine through. Amen. And, you know, uh, I think two of the things that you guys mentioned, uh, uh, Darren, especially since you brought up uh, Romans, you know, I think of Romans 12 to to, uh, not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed through the renewing of your mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think that really kind of shows off um, our uh, part of a repentance, in my opinion, yeah. where our relationship to the sin is changed permanently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Darren, you uh, mentioned um, the addict who they're done forever, never use again, never tempted again. And yeah, we serve a God of miracles. Like he yep. can do that. Yeah. And I believe he has. I have seen evidence of yes. my own many times where that sure looks true to me. Yeah. Um, he didn't do that with me, though. I wish, I wish he did. Like, I wish that, like, I, I prayed some prayer. And you got the long-term plan. Poof, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> poof, I never wanted to sin again. Yeah, and, yeah. and it was just smooth sailing from then on out, a life of free of temptation. 
Uh, but alas, uh, he did not do that miracle in me, but he did do other miracles yeah. in me. Yes. And, uh, you know, uh, while I was not um, freed from the bondage of temptation or or the, uh, the effects of other sin in yeah. my life. Like when I came to Jesus, I never drank. I never used drugs again. But that doesn't mean I wasn't tempted. Exactly. That doesn't mean that, yeah. like, for a couple exactly. of years, Fighting man, yeah, struggling. struggle. Sometimes yeah. it was a minute-to-minute fight, and as the years go on, the intervals between those temptations became greater. The temptations became more manageable. Mm-hmm. And and I think the 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 big idea, uh, in my experience, anyways, is that my relationship with it changed. Yeah. Like God changed my heart. I was transformed through the renewing of my mind. My view of that sin was forever altered. Like even Mm. when I tried to quit on my own or use whatever uh, wheatgrass (laughs) programs were out there, like, yeah, I abstained, but I couldn't wait to get back at it. Right? Like, oh, man, that's going to be awesome. I I held out this little reservation. Well, maybe maybe on such and such holiday. Or yeah, yeah. maybe if I get upset enough, or maybe mm. if me and my wife get in a fight, I'm gonna keep this little reservation ticket in my pocket, yeah. and that's gonna be an awesome day. Yeah. Like I couldn't <laughs> wait to go back out and do those things. Yeah. But once Jesus entered the picture, once I became indwelt by the Holy Spirit, I, although I wasn't perfect, I was disgusted yeah. by these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the thought of me doing them didn't fit anymore. That's that changing it, of your it mind. It was yeah. no longer yeah. a part of my identity. I wasn't perfect. I still used tobacco products. I still did dumb stuff, yep. right? Like yep. that that is sinful, right? But like I didn't like it anymore. Yeah. It felt out of place mm-hmm. in my world. It had no business there. I felt bad about it. Lord, I'm sorry I did this. Yeah. I'm sorry I've sinned against you. I don't like the way this makes me feel anymore. When before mm-hmm. I celebrated my sin, I couldn't wait yeah. to do more. Yeah. Mm. And and that mm. changed yep. forever for me. Yeah, you walk. That's that repentance you're talking about. You're walking mm-hmm. away from it. It gets further and further behind, and you keep leaving it. But you keep on leaving it behind. Yep. And eventually, it really does change. And, and, you know, I think for folks that maybe, okay, Josh, great, you had this crazy story or whatever. I don't do any of that, bro. Good for you. I'm glad God did that. Amen. Uh, But but I don't do any of that, so this doesn't apply to me. Mm. Um, I think that while maybe my (laughs) sin illustration is a little more vivid than some— The principles still remain for all sin, regardless Uh, of what it is. And I got news for you folks. We're all in recovery for sin. (laughs) Every single one of us. So those principles that I described, I think, are applicable to anyone's spiritual transformation, not just somebody with a story like mine. Well, I mean, right back to the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to find a better better Jew. Best Christians there ever. I mean, he was well-studied. He was the cream of the crop. As far as following God and God's laws, you're not going to get any better than that. Yeah, he was still a filthy sinner, and yeah. once he met Jesus, he realized that. Yeah. Well, I can, I've, I've never had a drink of alcohol in my life, not a touch. Guess what? Horrible, wretched sinner. Yeah. It, it, it that you know just because that's not where my struggle. That yeah. doesn't mean the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life were not. Right. And are not a, a fight all the time, mm-hmm. and and we're, none of us are above that. None of us, not a, right. not a one of us, mm-hmm. a, a, other than Jesus, which is yep. that's why we'll, yeah, that's the only place we can find the hope in. That's right. And I, I think you know we can often maybe guilt trip ourselves, or I mean, it can be a lie from the devil himself. Yeah. That if we're tempted, we're sinning. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. temptation is part and parcel to the human experience. Jesus, right. Jesus himself yep. was tempted by Satan in the wilderness. Yeah. Right. Uh, what did he use to combat that? Scripture. Scripture. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. However, I think we ought not conflate sin and temptation. Yeah. I have periods of temptation <clears throat> where it may be a minute-to-minute -minute fight over whatever sin, and that can feel gross, right? That yeah. can feel like, oh, I'm under the spiritual attack. Um, and maybe it is spiritual, maybe it's psychological, maybe it's both, right? They can yeah. be both of those things. Um, but I think we ought not guilt trip ourselves into believing we're any more of a wretched sinner than we already are yeah. if we're facing temptation because Jesus himself faced right. as well. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Man, that's uh, great stuff, guys. That's, I think we could talk about this for a very long time. We could, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll, we'll kind of settle that there, though. Mm -hmm. uh, one last, very last question before, uh, before we leave today. Uh, Darren, you got young kids, uh, you have young-ish kids, and uh, and you're an 80s and a car guy, so I think yeah, this oh, is a great okay. question to end today. Uh, your favorite Transformer? A highly unspiritual question. Uh, Starscream, <laughs> dude. Ooh, okay. Starscream. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, I, personally, I'm a Bumblebee guy, mostly because mm. I like Camaros, and so that was, the you know, went back there. That was like the 70s Camaro, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Real nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to be right there with you. Yeah. The Bumblebee. Yeah. yeah. And well, there That's you good. go. Okay. Uh, riveting stuff for yeah. everybody who would love to know us better. Ooh, now you know wow. who our favorite Transformers are, and yeah. I know it's really why you all tuned in. <laughs> yeah. Because you needed to know. And, you know, like, <laughs> not for nothing, like, I'm, I'm, I'm basing my Transformers preference from, like, the original material. Oh, not know. from Transformers movie eight, I, 18 I, that's out in theaters right now? Never that's seen not the one. one. Oh, okay. Never seen yeah. one, man. Very different. Like, yeah. I, I go back to the poorly animated series that I would eat Count Chocula and watch <laughs> after school. That's <laughs> yeah. my bread and butter Transformers. Nice. Experience. And I see what you did there. Transformation. Got it. Transformer. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's an old that's that's a good. creature trick for that's you. That's good. I like it. Just uh, randomly. Oh, these things match with <laughs> culture. Let's just make those fit. Mm. All right. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you both. Wow. You're Appreciate welcome, it. man. And uh, go team. Yep. Let's Amen. do it. Amen. Win for Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us for this win meeting. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the win meeting and to subscribe to the Current of Christian Church channel on YouTube. We'd also love to hear your wins. So send us a message on our Instagram and share with us some of the ways God is winning in your life.